0: Welcome to the Good Old Days of Radio Show. This is John Tefteller, your host for these bi-weekly adventures. And it's Thursday, and Thursday can mean only one thing. It's scary time, it's horror time, it's weird show time. And I have a really weird one for you today. The original title of this, I believe, was The Sisters, but it got changed at some point to The Ten Years, and it stars Joan Crawford with Lorene Tuttle. If you have a sister, and if you are a, especially if you are a a lady with a sister, you might not want to listen to this. This is really strange. It is probably one of the strangest stories that ever made it to suspense. Um, very, Very creepy, very weird, and it goes a long way to show how strongly two sisters can be bonded together in madness. So um, you might want to turn out the lights for this one. You might definitely not want to have any little kids around especially little girls because there's a, a little boy involved in this and lots of crazy stuff happens so you don't want to send your eight-year-old into nightmarish fits uh, and I don't want to be responsible for that so I'm warning you now if you have kids in the room they better be pretty darn mature kids to handle this one and if if you are not too mature yourself you may want to you may want to skip this and wait till next Thursday. But anyway, from June 2nd, 1949, for Autolite, this is the suspense program, The Ten Years.
1: Suspense! Tonight, transcribed, Autolite brings you Miss Joan Crawford in The Ten Years, a suspense play produced and directed by Anton M. Leder. And now, Autolite presents Joan Crawford in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Suspense.
2: Everyone is so good to me. I like being here. But some of the others don't, I guess. Do you hear? They scream sometimes like that in the night. Maybe they scream because they remember things. But I remember things too. Especially when people come out from town to see me. To bring me things. But there's nothing nothing that I want. They can't bring back my sister. My beautiful sister, Adele. They came today. And with them, they brought back memories of Adele. When we were children. The night that Mother died. The night we made the promise.
3: Don't cry anymore, Adele.
4: I'm afraid, Clara. We're alone.
3: We're not alone. But if something happened to you... Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm
4: going to take care of you. But that's what Mother said. And now she's
3: left us, too. But Adele, Mother didn't know that she... She wouldn't have left us if she could have helped it. Promise me you won't die, Clara.
4: And that whatever I do, you'll do. and that And that you'll never leave me. I promise. And we'll be together always and forever. Always and forever. I promise.
2: And for years I kept that promise. Adele and I were as close as anyone could be. We had few friends, but I didn't mind as long as she was happy. But sometimes I was frightened at the way she clung to me after we were grown. I was afraid of what would happen to her... in case anything ever happened to me. (sighs) And then something did happen. I met Douglas Foley. Adele liked him until she realized... that I'd fallen in love with him. Then she hated him in a childish, vicious way. He tried to win her over... but it was no good. And then... he asked me to marry him. And I said yes. That night, after he'd gone... Adele was waiting for me in my room. Adele? Clara! Douglas told me. Adele, you're so white. You're ill. But
3: you promised me. But Adele,
2: I'm not leaving you. You're going to live with us. No, it won't be the same. You promised always and forever. But we were children, Adele. You promised. We'd be
4: together always and forever. Adele, I...
2: You you see... Clara,
4: Clara! If you marry him, I'll never speak to you again.
2: But we were married. And we believed that Adele would forgive us in time. But she didn't. She refused to see us and letters went unanswered. Then when we learned that my husband's new job was to take us to Europe, I first thought was of Adele. If she would only go with us. But when we drove to her house, she refused even to come to the door. And we were forced to sail without her. My son, Doug, was born in Europe. And I wrote Adele a long letter telling her about him. But the letter was returned, unopened. When Doug was just ten, we returned to America. I went directly from the station to Adele's house. She was working in the garden when we drove up. I was shocked at her appearance. Her hair had turned almost white and there was a strange look about her. I sent Doug to the gate to introduce himself. She looked at him in a puzzled manner. Then she saw us sitting in the car. And she turned and walked into the house. The next thing I remember was that day, one month after my return home, when I was put on trial for murder. For my husband's murder.
1: Mrs. Foley? Will you tell us again what happened the night of your husband's murder?
2: My husband was working in the garden all day. When it began to grow dark, I called him in. But he insisted that he had something to finish. I called him several times after that, and then I became irritated and I gave up. I had my dinner alone and I went up to my bedroom.
1: Then you do admit that you quarreled with him the night of the murder. We
2: didn't quarrel. I was irritated, but I said nothing to my husband.
1: I see. Your husband's death was caused by a deep, narrow wound in the vicinity of the heart. It is the opinion of this court that the instrument used might have been an ice pick. Mrs. Foley, have you any other ideas as to what might have inflicted this wound? No. Had your husband any enemies, Mrs. Foley?
2: No. And so I was acquitted that day because of insufficient evidence. I thought Adele would come to see me during those awful days, but she didn't. I saw her in the courtroom, but she never looked my way. I believe it was about two months after the trial that my son and his friend Roy went on an all-day hiking trip to the beach. They were late getting back. It was almost dark when I saw Roy coming up the street. He was alone, and he was running.
3: Mrs. Foley! Mrs. Foley! Roy, where's Doug? He's down at the beach. With her. With whom? Your sister. My sister?
2: Oh, for heaven's sake, Roy, will you tell me what this is all about?
3: Well, you see, Mrs. Foley, Doug and I went down to the
2: beach. It seemed that Roy and Doug had forgotten to take along their drinking water. And they hadn't missed it until they'd come to a very deserted strip of the beach.
3: Come on, Doug. Maybe we can get some water at that little house over there. Funny place for a house, isn't it? Yeah. Come on. Looks like nobody lives here. All the better. And just drink out that faucet in the yard. You won't have to ask nobody. Come on. Sure run down, ain't it? Maybe the faucet isn't working. The garden's all dead. Sure it's working, see? Someone's just plain lazy then. Or maybe no one lives here. Sure they do. There's a mailbox. Hey, maybe there's a name on it. Look. Miss Adele Norris. That's Mom's sister. Yeah? Well, let's drop in and see her. She wouldn't even know who I was. You could tell her, couldn't you? Say, maybe she'd give us some cake or something. No, she's mad at me and Mom. Come on, let's get out of here. Say, Doc, look at all those dead leaves on the porch. Let's have a look around. No, she might come out. Oh, she can't hurt you, can she? Let's peek in the window. No, Rod. Look, Doug. the place is all upset. It's all dirty and everything. Let's look in the rest of the windows. There's no one around. Here's the kitchen. Hey, look at all the dirty dishes piled up. Say, maybe my aunt's sick. Look, someone's coming to the window. Oh! What do you want? We wanted to see if you were all
4: right. Go away. Don't you recognize me? No. Are you sick? No. No. I'm your nephew, Douglas Foley. Go away, whoever you are. I'd like to help you. Go away, I said. Mother wouldn't want me to leave you here like this. Who is your mother? I told you. Don't you remember? She's your sister. I have no sister. My sister died when I was 18. Roy, you go home and get my mother. My aunt's sick. I'll climb through this window, and
3: I'll see if there's anything I can do. You stay out of this house. Doug, let's both go. She doesn't want you here. She's sick. You go for my mother... And hurry. If you come into this house, you'll be sorry.
4: If you dared. Did you say your name is Douglas Foley? Yes, that's right. Douglas Foley is dead. Forever and ever. No, don't you see? The one who died was not... Douglas Foley became between two sisters. And then he died. Yeah, but I'm trying to tell you. My mother and you... he isn't dead. Then I guess he'll have to die again. That's it. Yes. He'll have to die again. He'll have to die again.
3: He'll have... look, you're sick. You need help. I'm sick. Yes. Don't you want me to come in? Yes. Come in.
1: Douglas Foley? For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Joan Crawford in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now... Auto Light brings back to a Hollywood soundstage Miss Joan Crawford as Clara in The Ten Years by Mel Dinelli. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense.
2: You see how clearly I remember things? I remember so well the horror of that moment when Doug's little friend finished telling me how he had left Doug there alone with my sister Adele. And I even remember what Roy said at the end.
3: So I came back to tell you, Mrs. Foley, on account of Doug made me. Now I wish I hadn't left him there with her. I know she's your sister and all, but I saw her face when she came to the window. She looked awful, Mrs. Foley. She looked awful crazy.
2: I followed Roy's directions, and I went by foot north along the ocean. I must have walked a good mile before I came to the house. The front door was standing open. There was a lamp burning on the table. Adele. She lay on the bed. I couldn't see her very clearly by the candlelight. But I could see that she was fully dressed. Her hair was undone and it spilled down over the pillow. For a moment I thought... I thought she was dead. What do you want? Adele? What do you want? It's me, Clara. Where's Douglas? He's dead.
4: Adele! Your
2: husband
4: is dead. I, I don't tell.
2: mean my husband. I mean my son. Where is he?
4: He was murdered with a long
2: shot. Be still! You don't know what you're saying. Where is my son? I haven't seen him. You have? He was here, I know that. I haven't seen Yes, you have. Try and remember. Where is he? I
4: don't know.
2: Yes, you do know. What have you done to him? Was he your son? Yes, Adele. Please. I hated him. I know. Where is he, Adele?
4: He went away. Where? Where did he go? Yes. He went to the village for a
2: doctor. Are you telling me the truth? Yes. How long ago did he leave? I don't remember. You stop questioning me.
4: Can't you see that I'm sick? I tell you he went for a doctor. Why do you come here, Clara? After ten years?
2: I've come to help you. I don't need your help. Adele, did Doug really go for the doctor? You think I'm lying? I don't know. But if he isn't back soon, I'm going for the police. The police? Those fat fools.
4: I'm so sick,
2: Clara. Oh, know. I'm going to take your things off, Adele. You'll be more comfortable. Then when the doctor comes, if he comes...
3: Don't you touch me! You're
2: sick, Adele. Let me take your things off. No,
4: no! Can't you leave me alone? Leave me alone! How do you know what's good for me after all these years? <laughs> I'm in pain, Clara. I have a heavy pain here by my heart. When I'm tightly laced, I can almost bear it.
2: All right. All right, darling. We'll leave it till the doctor comes. Will the doctor
4: help me, Clara?
2: Of course he will.
4: Douglas Foley came between two sisters. Oh, dear. He worked in the garden, bending down low. I'm so tired, Clara.
2: I know. Try and rest, Del. Close your eyes.
4: He was working in the garden. And I was on my way home. I saw him there, Clara. He looked the same after ten years. Because he had your strength to draw from. But I was alone. I had grown old. And he had stayed young.
2: Young. And then he's... And then she seemed to doze off. Her breathing was so labored. And I thought, perhaps she'll rest more easily if I undress her. Oh. And I went over to the bed. She was wearing a corset. I reached over and I began to unhook it.
3: Um, she started
2: mumbling something in her sleep.
3: You broke your
2: promise,
3: Always and forever you would
2: tear. But she didn't wake up. Always. And I finally managed to take her corset off. But as... As I went to place it on a chair, I noticed something sticking out of the material. At first I thought it was a broken stay, but it was round, and one end was sharp. I looked closer. It was a steel knitting needle. A long steel one. And there was rust on it. Or was that brown stain rust? Adele had concealed a knitting needle, and there was proof of what I guess I'd always known. That Adele had murdered my husband. I dropped the needle to the floor. And something caught my eye. There was a hand sticking out from beneath the bed. It was white and still. It was a child's hand. I fell to my knees. Oh, Doug, Doug! And just as I reached out for him, I. Oh, I felt a sharp blow on the back of my head. And I fell unconscious. <laughs> dreamed. I dreamed that Adele and I were children again, and that she was laughing, and we were playing an old game of ours where we tied each other up with our bathrobe cords, and then we waited for a knight in armor to rescue us. And then I think it was the odor of kerosene that brought me to. The room was filled with it. Oh, my head was pounding. I couldn't seem to focus my eyes. I tried to raise myself to my feet, but I... I I couldn't seem to move my arms, my legs. Suddenly, I realized why. I was tied with a bathrobe cord. I was a child again. Adele and I were playing our games again. My husband and everything that had happened between Adele and me had been nothing but a bad dream. Oh, a feeling of relief swept over me. Suddenly, I, I heard footsteps. And the door creeped slowly open, and then I knew that what had happened had not been a dream for Adele stood there in the doorway, not Adele the child who would rescue me, but Adele with gray hair, who hadn't spoken to me for all those years. She wore a long dressing gown, she was barefoot, her long hair streaming about her shoulders, and there was a vacant, stupid smile on her face. She carried a bucket in her hand, and the odor of kerosene filled the room. She didn't seem to notice me as she went past me. She threw the liquid from the bucket onto the date. No! Adele! No, Adele! But she paid no attention to me as she left the room again. I struggled. I struggled wildly, but it was no use. Oh, I was tied securely, and then I saw a still figure on the bed. It was Doug. Oh, his face was so white. He was unconscious, and there was a deep gash at the side of his head. And then Adele came back into the room. She had filled that bucket to the brim, and she walked toward the bed again. Clara? Adele, untie me.
4: Untie you? Why?
2: Adele, listen to me.
4: This is your son, Clara. Yes,
2: yes, Adele, untie me. We were
4: looking for him. And he was here all the time. Please, day. untie me, Adele. I never knew your son. For years,
2: I never knew him. How old is he, Clara? He's only ten. He's just a boy. Adele, you're sick. Untie me and we'll go for a doctor. You want me to be well, Clara? Yes, untie me. Are we friends again, Clara? Yes,
4: we're friends. I want to help you. But I can't forget the ten years, Clara. I must wash those years away before we can really be friends again. Oh, Adele, again. forget those years. Let me help you. Untie me now. No. We can't forget them, Clara. We must wash them away. That's what I was doing. I was washing away the years. Your husband's gone. Your son is all that remains of him. Then we can be sisters again. You don't know what you're doing. Untie me, Adele. But this isn't water that I have in this No, you, you see, you're sick. It's what I put into the lamps to make them burn. No! Perhaps I could burn away the ears. Oh. Oh yes, that would be better. Oh, Much no. better. No, no, Adele, for the love of heaven, untie me! Burn away these years that remain on the bed. No, Adele, if I could do that oh. with this candle. Then you and I could really be friends again, oh. like when Mother was alive. <laughs> we could be sisters again, always and forever. We,
2: we're, we're sisters now, Adele. You're
4: lying. We're not sisters. Adele, listen to me. We're
2: we're children. And you've tied me with this cord. And now you must untie me like like you used to do when you left me too long and I cried. You're lying. We're not
4: sisters and we haven't been for years. And now I'm going to punish you for lying. Just as Mother used to punish us when we were children.
2: Then she started walking unsteadily toward me. A lighted candle in one hand. The bucket in the other. The liquid slopping over her dressing gown as she walked. Clara!
4: Time Mother washed out my mouth with soap when she caught me in a fib. That's what I'm going to do to you now. Uh, or perhaps it would be better if I banged it. No, no. scream, uh, Clara. Oh? Uh, Awaken we'll uh, uh, your precious son. We mustn't wake him.
2: Adele! Adele, untie me. I, I promise you that I'll take Doug and we'll go away. You'll never have to see us again. Oh, no, Clara. And she kept moving toward me holding the lighted candle close to her
4: breast. You mustn't ever lie to me again, Clara. Adele, Adele, you're ill. You don't know what you're doing. Wash away the years. Burn away the years. Oh,
2: suddenly, I saw a tiny flicker of flame on her breast. The frilly dressing gown. She had held the candle too close. Her entire dressing gown was a mass of flames. It spread swiftly to her hair. In a moment she was a blazing torch. And the odor of burning filled the room. I could see her face.
4: Surprised
2: and contorted with pain. No. She turned and looked towards the bed a second, the bucket flaming in her hand. No. But then she went screaming out the door and towards
4: the ceiling. No.
2: Ah! Mrs. Foley. Yes? You mustn't scream like that. I wasn't screaming. That was my sister, Adele. Yes, I know. Try not to think about it, Mrs. Foley. You knew my sister was burned to death, didn't you, Mrs. Willard? Oh, she was so very beautiful. Yes, I know. Try and rest. Is there anything I can get you before I go to bed? No, thank you. Well... Go to sleep then. I will. Good night. Good night, and pleasant dreams. Was that my sister, Mrs. Willard? No, no, Mrs. Foley. It's one of the others. Oh, they scream because they remember things. Yes, yes, I suppose they do. Good night. Good night. I remember things too.
3: I remember. Promise me you'll never leave me, Clara. And that whatever I do, you'll do. I promise. Always
2: and forever. Always and forever. I promise.
1: Thank you, Joan Crawford, for a magnificent performance. Now here again is Miss Crawford.
2: I want to thank Tony Leader and his wonderful cast of actors, especially Lorene Tuttle, who played my sister, for helping me to make my appearance on Suspense so very pleasant. Like all of you, I am a great Suspense fan, and I'm looking forward to hearing next week's story. It's another gripping study in...
1: Suspense!
0: Mommy Dearest there, Joan Crawford, with Lorene Tuttle. Lorene Tuttle played Effie on Sam Spade, but did tons and tons of radio, and she was really, really good in this. Uh, Actually, as good or better than Joan Crawford, but she never achieved uh, movie stardom. She achieved radio stardom. Quick personal story. This particular show, I uh, was traveling with my wife and her sister. My wife and I have two daughters and a son, and my, her sister has two daughters, and we were traveling in our minivan going to Crater Lake or somewhere some years ago when they were very young. And my wife said, oh, we should, we should play some radio shows for the kids. So me, with a little smile on my face, I put in this particular show, and we got to the point where um, they're, they're, the, the woman is on the bed and the boy is underneath the bed with the white hand and the girls, my girls and my wife's girls, started basically screaming, like, get this off, get this off. And my wife said, take it out. They, what are you doing? They, they can't handle this stuff. And so away that one went. But anyway, uh, that's the story of the sisters with uh, Joan Crawford and Lorene Tuttle. So, we will be back on Tuesday with some comedy, variety, and drama. And we'll be back next Thursday with the last of the top ten horror shows. It will be, advance warning here, Mr. Boris Karloff in the Wailing Wall from the Inner Sanctum radio show. So, until next week, uh, check out the Good Old Days of Radio Facebook page and goodolddaysofradio.com, uh on the computer. Ask questions, comments, share it with your friends, share it with as many friends as you can, and we'll see you again. Until the Tuesday or next Thursday, this is John Tuffteller saying goodbye and good night. Turn on those lights now.